Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. This is the best of Mark Levin. Happy Thanksgiving. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know, first of all, welcome. I find myself uh, as a standalone constitutional lawyer here who rejects virtually everything you're hearing on television and radio. I don't know where these legal analysts get their credentials other than being former something or others. And they sit there and preen and condescend. They think their logic and reasoning supersedes actual historical fact, but it doesn't. And rather than penning column after column, giving opinion after opinion on TV and radio, perhaps they would have spent a little time with research. And if they've done research, perhaps they should research a little bit more. Now, I've done a lot of research on this issue. But it's never enough. So I've done more research on this issue. And I want to discuss this with you. Because the Democrat Party and the media believe the American people are stupid and they'll fall for anything. Other people go on TV, never Trumpers, former never Trumpers. And they feel they have to split the baby. But even Solomon didn't split the baby. And they're no Solomon. They're Quislings. And a Quisling, you know, this is amazing to me, Mr. Producer, just as an aside, was not Senator Ron Johnson on my show on Sunday two or three weeks ago? He was there the full hour, right? Did we not talk about his conversations in that meeting in May with the president, Mulvaney, and the others? Did he not say that nothing of any kind untoward came up, not quid pro quo, not military? Did he not say all that? Is it not recorded for the whole world to see? Well, all of a sudden, now we have a breaking story that Ron Johnson said exactly what he said on my show, except they apparently didn't notice. All right, let me move on here, folks, because really, I do this for you and me Not for all these other clowns. God's honest truth. You're hearing a lot of things out there, like the Sixth Amendment does not apply to impeachments. Where does it say that in the Constitution? Nowhere. So they just draw the logical conclusion. Well, it's not a criminal process, and the Sixth Amendment involves a criminal process. Well, does it involve a criminal process to the exclusion of an impeachable process? There's not a single, single fact 
historical fact. In the first Congress or any of the ratifying conventions that says that. Not one. Not one. Now that doesn't mean it applies. It doesn't mean it applies. We know as a matter of practice, the strict compliance with the Sixth Amendment, you know, treating it as a criminal event, in terms of impeachments, has not applied. But some form, some quasi-due process, has always applied. And not just impeachment inquiries involving presidents, Johnson, Nixon, and Clinton. But impeachment inquiries involving over a dozen judges and other high-ranking officials. I mean, you want to get technical about it? Where in the Constitution does it say that impeachment applies specifically to federal judges? Nowhere. It says it applies to civil officers. So it's assumed that includes federal judges. So the sanctimony and condescension that you hear, well, it's not a criminal case, so the Sixth Amendment doesn't apply. They have no reason whatsoever to understand why the Sixth Amendment doesn't apply. And yet, the fact that it doesn't strictly apply doesn't mean that due process of some sort ought not to apply and has always been conceived as applying. That's the point. And we have several hundred years of experience as applies to civil officers, including judges, and experience going back to Andrew Johnson, forward to Nixon and Clinton, as to what Congress has meant by due process. All of it, every syllable of it, has been rejected by Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, and the Democrats in the House of Representatives. They have rejected the processes that were in place under Andrew Johnson's impeachment. They have rejected the processes that were in place respecting Richard Nixon. They have rejected the processes that were in place during the Bill Clinton impeachment inquiry altogether. And they have rejected American history. Nowhere did the framers of the Constitution seek or actually give to any branch of government or any part of any branch of government such enormous power as to overthrow another branch of government without limitation. So those who come to you and say it's a political act, you know, Gerald Ford said so in 1970, April 1970, when he wanted to propose the, and did propose the impeachment of Associate Justice William O. Douglas, you know, as he said, it's whatever the House, that's not what it says. The House was not given inlimitable power. Wouldn't it be strange if it was, under our constitutional system? It is alien to inlimitable power for any branch or part of any branch of government. When you read the Constitution, it fences off the different branches and fences off activities within the branches. And the separation of powers doctrine, checks and balance, very, very crucial. The reason none of this is discussed 
on Sunday news shows. The reason why not a single legal analyst has discussed this in this manner. Not one. Conservative, liberal, in between, anti-Trumper, never-Trumper, pro-Trumper, is because they're ignorant or they're driven by ideology or both. And yet they want to come off as very thoughtful. They're not very thoughtful. They're very ignorant. Every single so-called legal analyst should be condemning what's taking place here, regardless of their view of the president of the United States. This is a rogue, runaway House of Representatives under the control of one party with a slim majority of 31 members. That is, if they lose 16 members, they're out of power. It is a runaway House of Representatives under the Democrats that have rejected the entire concept of constitutionalism, have rejected the viewpoints of the framers who would never have given inimitable power to the Democrats in the House. And when you get upset because you see Adam Schiff, Adam Schiff unilaterally, routinely rejecting points of order, parliamentary inquiry, witnesses, evidence, president's counsel, and so forth, you are right. Under our Constitution, the House doesn't get to do anything it wants to do. It doesn't get to do anything it wants to do. That was never the case. Impeachment was debated at great length. It wasn't to be left to the House of Representatives sometime in the future. To just say it's whatever we say it is. There's language in the Constitution. And that language applies not forward to a criminal code that's later adopted and defines bribery and treason. No. That language is intended to be read and looked at as the framers intended at that time. They didn't know what our bribery statutes would say today. Our bribery statutes today are utterly irrelevant. The language they used was based on their own knowledge and experience and their own look at history. And they went all the way back to the 1300s. Looked at the British Parliament. Looked at British common law. And you know what's interesting? Few real thinkers out there. Since there was no national slash federal criminal code. Well, what would guide them? in defining treason, bribery, high crimes, and misdemeanors. What would guide them? English common law and the experience in Parliament. That was the intent of their language. That was the intent of their language. When you have former federal prosecutors or defense lawyers or whatever they want to call themselves going on television talking about this stuff... They have no friggin' idea what they're talking about. None. Their lifelong experiences are irrelevant. Irrelevant to what's taking place today. You have more common sense. Your visceral reaction, your gut reaction, 
is more accurate than their pretenses and pretexts. I'm telling you the truth. Now, I want to explore this a little further with you. And by the way, there's a lot of very, very important things going on, and we're going to touch all of them, particularly what this president has done. He did something absolutely remarkable again as applies to the state of Israel. And he's done some other remarkable things today that are crucially important. One of the reasons the Democrats want to remove this president is because they now side with the AOC types, the anti-Semites, the two-state solution, final solution types, the Hamas Palestinians, the Fatah Palestinians and their leadership, among others. The Democrat Party has gone full, full anti-Israel, despite what any of them say or what some of my... Jewish friends who are Democrats, who are, who are uh, serving in the House and Senate, they're sellouts. That'll be the headline for tomorrow, by the way. None of the uh, heavy-duty stuff I just spent with you for the last 15 minutes. We'll be right back. Mark in. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College. He's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat, so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy Thanksgiving. Treason, bribery, other high crimes and misdemeanors. Where did they get that language from? They lifted it directly from English law, English common law. And so you need to look at that for your definitions and practices and so forth. So when somebody says, again, for the four billionth time, Impeachment is whatever the House says it is. No, that's not what the Constitution says. That impeachment is whatever the House of Representatives says. As soon as you hear somebody say that, you know they're a lightweight. You know they have no idea what the hell they're talking about. Period. Now, if you were to say to me that the politics of applying the Constitution could degenerate, could degenerate into the House rejecting the language in the Constitution 
and defining impeachment as however it wishes to. Okay, that would be accurate. But don't blame it on the Constitution. That's not what the Constitution says. I will pay any legal analyst anywhere a million dollars if they give us the exact language in the impeachment clause that says not treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors, but somehow an invisible ink says the definition of impeachment is whatever the House says it. The House has sole power to impeach, and it can abuse that power, but that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about, is it? And so, in other words, if you want to say the motivation, as the great Raoul Berger put it years and years and years ago, if you want to say the motivation behind, say, impeaching President Trump is political, that's the truth. But if you want to say that the Constitution says that impeachment is whatever the House of Representatives says it is, That's a lie. That's not what it says. And so when you're evaluating the use of impeachment, you can't close your eyes to what the motivation is, but you should be prepared to condemn the motivation, which is what I do here and what many of you do. Condemn it, because what they're actually doing is substituting their motivations for what the Constitution says. Hello! They're substituting their motivations for what the Constitution says. What do you think the framers of the Constitution at the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia would think of Adam Schiff? What would you think of them seeing the House Intelligence Committee? And of course, there wasn't one at the time, but it's a matter of logic. What do you think they'd say about the House Intelligence Committee conducting an impeachment inquiry. What would you think they would say about Nancy Pelosi ordering an impeachment inquiry, but saying it's not an impeachment inquiry, then subsequently voting on the House rules for a non-impeachment inquiry, and those House rules violate past practices of impeachment processes of the House of Representatives, and virtually completely cut out the minority party. Now, you know what they would say. That this runs counter to everything American. Everything. This runs counter to what they were debating at the Constitutional Convention. In other words, let me put it simply. There is absolutely no philosophical, historical, or constitutional justification for what is happening today in the House Intelligence Committee, to the House of Representatives, and to the President of the United States. None. I'll be right back. Liberty and learning. In a healthy democracy, these two things are mutually supportive. In America today, however, that bond is broken. To help repair the breach, Hillsdale College has launched the Van Andel Graduate School of Government in the nation's capital. And unlike other graduate programs, Hillsdale teaches politics as a human activity oriented toward justice. 
a series of choices guided in the best case by right principles, but made in ever-changing circumstances that require prudence to achieve the best attainable results. Hillsdale's curriculum combines the careful reading of primary sources and serious historical inquiry. Students learn how to apply the principles of free government and advance the cause of constitutionalism in the context of ever-changing circumstances. Hillsdale's new Van Andel School of Government is a program unlike any other in Washington, D.C. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. This is Mark Levin wishing you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. Now back to the best of me. The Mark Levin Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. One of the grave concerns, grave concerns, during the debate over the impeachment clause at the Constitutional Convention, they spent a lot of time on this. And mostly in the context of the president, and I'll explain that in a minute. One of the grave concerns they had was what you see today. Let me explain. One of the objections to impeachment at all was that the president is up for election on a cyclical basis. Should he choose or he, she to run more than one term? And so the people would be the ultimate judge. That argument didn't win out. What if he does something so grave during the course of his term? Can't wait for the election. And then they debated, well, what does grave mean? And they feared. And they feared that giving the House of Representatives a simple majority power to impeach a president might go too far. Now remember, they hadn't created a president yet. We didn't have a constitution yet. But they were looking at monarchies. And when they looked back at British history, they saw the tyranny of monarchy, but they also saw the tyranny of mobocracy. Because there were times that the parliament was tyrannical. Read a little bit about Oliver Cromwell, among others. And this is why your founders didn't create a parliament, didn't create the kind of powerful centralized government that the left, the media, and the Democrats running for president keep demanding. They created what they created, a republic. You can amend the Constitution, but you better work at it because you need the support of the body politic to change it. And so impeachment, as applies to the president, was to be difficult. Listen carefully to me. They didn't spend a lot of time debating impeachment of judges. They didn't spend a lot of time debating impeachment of civil officers. Almost no time. The vast majority of time was spent debating impeaching a president. 
And they played the what if scenario. What if he does this? But what if the House does that? What if this, this? And one of the concerns they had about impeachment as an idea, barred from the British, was, well, what if the House of Representatives goes rogue? What if they just want to harass the guy? What if they just want to impeach him because he's in a different party? They thought about this. They didn't say it that way. But in some ways, they did. They thought about it. And what did they conclude? They said, we cannot allow a situation where the President of the United States either follows what the House of Representatives says or he's impeached. We cannot have a President who's answerable to the House of Representatives. The President is answerable to the people. Why? He's the only official, well, one of two now, who's elected by all the people in all the states. Senators back then, they weren't even elected, but even today, senators aren't elected by all the people of all the states. Members of the House are elected by a relatively small district. That's why there's 435 of them. Judges aren't elected by anybody. Civil officers are appointed by the President of the United States, some with confirmation by the Senate. Judges, confirmation by the Senate, lifetime appointments. But you see, other than the Supreme Court, Congress created these courts and create these judges, these positions. And the Constitution creates the Congress and the Senate, and those members. But it also creates the presidency and the vice president. So what if the House is in one hand of one group and the president is elected from another group, whether it be a party or something else, they didn't really talk about party that much back then. Then what? Well, they created an elaborate process, didn't they? Even, even with their own reference, their mental reference and actual reference to the British system and British common law, which was very strict, very high standard when it came to the king, and they wanted a high, strict standard, but not an impossible standard when it came to the president. They said, we have to prepare for a possible case when there's a tyrannical House of Representatives. Because they understood tyranny of the legislature, that is the mob, and tyranny of the monarchy, and they feared all forms of tyranny. They did not create a democracy, and obviously they didn't create a monarchy. And it isn't it interesting when Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff speak to their rabble-rousers and their party and to the media, they never talk about the former, which is the framers also didn't want a House of Representatives of the sort we have today, a mob that rejects all experience, all history, and just plows ahead. So they decided this Senate they were creating, remember they were creating all of this, at once. That will be the check on the House. Well, how so? First of all, the members come out of the states. They're appointed by the state legislation. Well, now, of course, they're not. But that said, there'll be a trial in the Senate. Can't leave it just to the House. We'll have this Chief Justice we created. He'll sort of be a, a minister or the administrator involved in the trial in the Senate. 
We're going to put language in the Constitution that says the Senate has the sole power to conduct the trial, and that's what they said. Not the Chief Justice, the Senate. Senate will make the rules. Because if you have a House of Representatives that's motivated by politics and politics alone, and dismisses the specific constitutional language, rejects the intent of the framers and their references to those language in British common law, among other things. There needs to be a check, and so the check will be in the Senate. And then they say, and you need two-thirds vote to remove a president. Not a simple majority, two-thirds vote. A very high standard. In other words, if you're going to remove a president of the United States, you better have a damn good reason that everybody agrees with. Is that what we have today? When they change language from quid pro quo to extortion to bribery after taking surveys in battleground states? Where the playing field keeps changing? If Adam Schiff were so cocksure that they had a case for treason, bribery, and other high crimes and misdemeanors. Why fix the outcome? Why reject witnesses? Why cover up initial testimony? Why prevent the president's lawyer from participating? Why prevent the pursuit of truth? Conflicting opinions. And why cover up the individual who started it all? No, not the whistleblower, Adam Schiff. Schiff, his staff, the Democrat Party, Pelosi, and this phony whistleblower. What do you think the framers would call this? They would call it what I'm calling it. A soft, excuse me, a silent coup. From Russia collusion to Mueller to the Mueller Mueller hearing, to Nadler. From Nadler to the secretive, shadowy, so-called whistleblower and all the conspiring and collusion that took place and they do not want this to get out in the shadows, which is why he will be prevented from testifying. And now this. Rules that any dictator or communist regime would impose themselves in any courtroom against any dissident, any dissident, or any freedom fighter. You know, the thing about history is it's illuminating, isn't it? The other thing is it's an enormous burden. Ask Mr. Producer. When I read these things, I think about these things. And I digest them mentally and discuss them with you. It's heartbreaking to me. Heartbreaking. It's appalling. When I have the party and the operators that have all but eviscerated and shredded our Constitution, waving the Constitution around. We have their like-minded ideologues in the media. They have devoured the media who are celebrating them, who are fielding their leaks and claim to be a free press. 
And as you see the rule of law and the civil society and our constitutional system slowly but surely unraveling because we do not have a virtuous leadership in the Democrat Party, in so many courtrooms we do not have virtuous judges anymore, and in many cases we do not have a virtuous voting base, well, then you lose your country. It's funny how Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff cite one sentence from Benjamin Franklin at the end of the Constitutional Convention. That's all they can remember. They're on note cards they've been given, and they're able to memorize it because it's a short sentence. But they talked about virtue. Couldn't have liberty without virtue. You couldn't have an organized civil society without virtue. And they completely lack virtue. They're liars. They're crooked. They're power hungry. Adam Schiff's speech to the California Democrat Party over the weekend was a Castro-like speech. He's a Castro-like figure. His conduct is unconscionable. And yet, if you're, if you're one of those people who like punishing yourself and watching these Sunday talk shows, you see how he's praised. And every Republican is beaten up. Every Republican is beaten up, except those that turn on the president. Jake Tapper knows nothing of the Constitution. Nothing. George Stephanopoulos knows less than nothing. Their executives, Jeff Zucker, Andrew Lack, and the rest of them, they, they don't care about the Constitution. They just throw around this phrase, freedom of the press. The New York Times, freedom of the press, they say. We don't need lectures from a newspaper. A newspaper that silenced at least six million, but tens of millions of others' voices as they were screaming from the gas chambers, as they were lined up being executed in mass graves, as they were being hung, as they were being tortured, as they were being cooked alive in ovens, as they were being skinned for lampshades, as their gold teeth were being pulled out of their mouths with pliers, as their babies were being swung against brick walls to see their brains splatter all over the place because a Nazi colonel might be having a bad day. And all through it, the ownership of the New York Times said nothing. And if they did say anything, they made sure nobody would see it. Please, spare us the lectures about liberty and the Constitution. And today they seem to undermine the greatest republic on the face of the earth. You and the media, you say you're not the enemy of the people? Then what the hell are you? Are you voices for liberty? Patriotism? Americanism? No, you're not. You're Adam Schiff in media drag. I'll be right back. Lovin.
Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, and recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. This is the best of Mark Levin. Happy Thanksgiving. You know, many years ago, when I served as Chief of Staff to Attorney General Ed Meese, one of the finest men I've ever known, and longtime counselor and confident to a great president, Ronald Reagan, I would see Helen's show called, what was that midnight show? Would cover uh, on ABC, would cover Ed Meese. Nightline. They lied about Ed Meese. Yeah, you, Koppel. The way you used your clips and your omissions and all the rest, because they thought they would get me storing Iran conscience. They were desperate to get a very wonderful man who did a wonderful thing in trying to track down what took place there. And they smeared him. And they tried to remove him. And Nightline, among others, led the way. So I get a request, Mr. Producer. An email from my, my editor at our publishing house, Simon & Schuster. Nightline would like me to come on their program. So I want to say this to Nightline. I will come on your program if you use your program to allow me to debate Nancy Pelosi. I will come on your program. Give us both your 30 minutes. And let me debate Nancy Pelosi. I'm not interested in debating you guys. You don't matter. You're not relevant. No offense. And your editor is cutting and pasting. I'm not interested in that. It has to be a live program. No ability to edit. I want to debate Nancy Pelosi on impeachment, on Donald Trump, on his quote-unquote conduct, and her claims of abuse of power, among other things. I want to have this debate with Nancy Pelosi. Now, this is the third biggest radio show in America. Maybe it's even bigger. It's a top-rated Fox show that I have. With a huge following on Levin TV. My books are the most popular books in the conservative world. Now, I know I'm not in line to be president like Nancy Pelosi, but trust me, she's not going to be either. So I'm at the top of my game in what I do, 
And she's Speaker of the House. That's pretty high in the House of Representatives. And, you know, we talk show hosts, as the New York Times like to miss, are just right-wing conspiracy theorists anyway, so she shouldn't have any problem with it. So I want to debate Nancy Pelosi on Nightline. We will agree to very easy rules, as long as they're equal. But I'm not coming on Nightline to come on Nightline. I'm on Fox. I'm here. I mean, I'm, I'm everywhere. So the point is... The point is to actually let us have a debate. Now, I'm saying this to you publicly, because I know if I say it privately, you'll ignore it. And so the challenge is on. The challenge is on to Nightline. You approached me. You must think I'm important. Otherwise, why approach me? You must think I have something to say. So why approach me? But you have, and I've answered you. You have the power to invite Nancy Pelosi. I will debate Nancy Pelosi. Well, she's speaker, she's, so what? I reach more people than she does. And of course, she's smarter and better, you know, whatever. So the point is, what is she afraid of? Why does she, why does she run from my Fox show? Why does she run from this radio show? Not really run, I mean waddle. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy Thanksgiving. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. To continue a little bit, then I want to move on to another historic event today. You know, uh, the, the Johnson impeachment was a disaster. Now, Johnson, in many ways, was a racist, just so you know. But he had stuck with the Union. But when it came to post-Civil War Reformation and Reconstruction, he delayed and he dragged his feet. He was no Lincoln. He was a Democrat, but he hadn't committed any impeachable offenses. The Congress, particularly the House, was very aggressive. The North had won the Civil War. Tell me, how much of this has been discussed on cable TV or network TV? None of it. None of it. So people, particularly young people, they have no context for anything. They just think this goes on one day after another. Just have to listen to these TV hosts who don't know anything about this. Nothing. Or the legal analysts who don't know anything about it because they don't study it. And don't care. Because they figure you don't care. But I know you care. Otherwise you wouldn't be here right now. What happened was Congress effectively was demanding that Andrew Johnson reinstall as Secretary of War Seward, 
who had been Lincoln's Secretary of War, and he was a very powerful man, very stubborn man, but nonetheless, think as you will of him. Congress insisted, insisted that he not remove him. Johnson did. Then they insisted that he hire him. Back, Johnson refused. And Congress passed an unconstitutional statute demanding it. Now this is among other things, including the fact that he was dragging his feet on other things. But So the House held an impeachment inquiry because the Republicans controlled everything. As you can imagine. And most of them never really liked Andrew Johnson. Johnson was very much a screw-up. As a matter of fact, uh, during his second inaugural speech, which was quite short, Lincoln was very embarrassed about Johnson. Johnson spoke first, and Johnson had been drinking. But what, whatever the case. And so Congress, the House, holds this impeachment inquiry. And I want you to listen to me. Andrew Johnson had more due process than Donald Trump gets today. Andrew Johnson had more due process than Donald Trump gets today. And it was still a railroad job. So they impeached him on 11 charges. All over the map. 11 charges. And it goes to the overwhelmingly Republican Senate. Where they have the two-thirds necessary, if they wish, to remove this president. Basically comes down to one guy, a Republican. Who was very critical of Johnson. But he thought what was happening to Andrew Johnson, first in the House and then in the Senate, was a railroad job. And he decided the people need to decide this. This, this is not right. I can't, I can't agree to this. And he voted no. He voted no on the charge that came within one vote of removing the president. The other two while receiving a significant majority, didn't come to the two-thirds. And so they had a trial on three of the charges, and they were supposed to have a trial on the other eight. And they broke. They took a recess for whatever. Maybe it was a holiday. And they dropped the other eight. They ended the trial. And it's gone down in history as one of the great embarrassments of Congress and the Republican Party. Embarrassment in form, and in part it shouldn't have been, given the fact that he was a racist, but still, <clears throat> you had an election coming up, that, and they really hated him, and they wanted him out. And that should have been a lesson to all future Congresses. If you're going to seek to impeach a president, let alone remove him, you better have broad support among the American people. 
Because that Congress, that Judiciary Committee, that Republican House, that Republican Senate, are looked back on through the lens of history as a disgrace with respect to impeaching Johnson. It's a black mark on our history. Certainly it's considered by most constitutional scholars. Most legal analysts today have no idea what the hell I'm talking about, but you do. Why is it? Well, among other reasons, it's this problem with illimitable power. They just wanted to remove him. It was they who were acting unconstitutionally, trying to force him to keep a cabinet member that he didn't want. It is the State Department that is the back channel, the irregular channel, trying to undermine a duly elected president's foreign policy. It is Joe Biden who conducted himself openly and notoriously in a scheme to protect his son by threatening to withhold government monies. Folks, if Joe Biden didn't know his son was in Burisma, uh, with Barisma, if Joe Biden didn't know there was a general prosecutor investigating Barisma, it was in the newspapers, then he shouldn't be president of the United States because he's mentally not up to the task. But the truth is, Joe Biden is a serial liar. He's been a serial liar his entire life. He's lied about his grades in college. He's lied about his grades in law school. He cheated off other people. He's lied about his IQ. He is a serial liar. He has stolen speeches from other people. He's an embarrassment. None of that gets brought up. None of it. So you have a House and a Senate in the case of Johnson that rejected the design of the the framers when it comes to the Constitution. They conducted themselves exactly as the framers feared a rogue, virtuous list Congress might, but they needed to have some kind of recourse should the removal of a president really be necessary. This Congress is basically the Johnson Congress, but worse. Because the due process afforded Andrew Johnson has not been afforded President Trump. And what you'll hear the legal analysts say is there's no requirement under the Sixth Amendment rather than using history as a guide and talking about English common law because they don't know anything about either. They don't know anything about either. And what you see here is an, author- is an authoritarian Democrat House and an author- authoritarian Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi. They are authoritarians. That's what they are. When they talk about abuse of power, they're talking about themselves. Now, the only way that this can be fixed in the first order is with the Senate. But Mitch McConnell's not up to his job. Mitch McConnell's not going to stop this. Even the radical Republicans after the Civil War dropped the other eight and said, hey, well, let's not move on. We're making fools of ourselves. We're not getting anywhere. Mitch McConnell is bound, tied, crazy glued to his own rules. Rules that Nancy Pelosi would abandon in 13 seconds and Chuck Schumer would abandon in less than that. And he's using it as a shield, as camouflage. That's what he's doing. 
to prevent him from actually having the guts to do something. It's appalling. We're going to move on, just because I only have a three-hour show. I always thought that maybe we ought to do a Jerry Lewis-like marathon. What do they call it? Telethon, Mr. Producer. Half the country has no idea what I'm talking about. You know, choosing a mortgage lender is one of the first steps that you'll take toward becoming a homeowner. But there are so many lenders out there that you may have trouble finding the right fit. Well, I've got you covered. I really do. Call American Financing. They're family-owned. They employ salary-based mortgage consultants, not people who get commissions, and they never charge upfront fees. They are honest. There's no pressure. Plus, they can get you pre-qualified in as little as 10 minutes. They try and streamline the process. They talk to you to figure out what it is that serves your, your best interests, how to accommodate you. As I say, they're salaried. So whether you wind up getting a loan from them or not, you'll be talking to somebody for whom their income is not based on that. Now, you can complete your application online if you prefer. They've got a digital mortgage option, too. And best of all, they're open nights, like right now, and weekends to meet your schedule. And that's right, they have mortgage consultants available to take your call after your workday is over, like now. Not a lot of lenders who actually do that. So make the 10-minute call right now, folks. Many of you are in their car, stuck in traffic jams or at the dinner table. Do you understand how low interest rates are right now? They're through the bottom. I've never seen anything like this. Well, that's not going to stay forever. Nothing is forever. Don't pinch yourself. Damn it, I should have done something. Do it now. And then you can say, you know what? I did that. I took advantage of that. Learn about their custom loan programs and down payment assistance options. And you'll be glad you did. Here's their number. 888-900-1828. That's 888-900-1828. Or you can go online to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The law requires that, you know. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Wishing you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. Now back to the best of me. You know, if you think about it, it's very strange. 
On the one hand, they keep talking about impeachment. They're, they're hyping tomorrow's hearing. The media are hyping tomorrow's hearing. What will this one say? This guy said this, according to the transcript that was leaked to this guy and this guy. Hype, 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 hype. So why are the Democrats worried about any other nominees, potential nominees, Mr. Producer? I don't understand. If they're going to impeach the president, why are they worried that any of the Democrats, that none of them can beat them? You get my point? In other words, why are we doing this? He's not going to be removed by the Senate. This has not proved my point, folks, that this has always been about 2020, trying to destroy the president, you and I subsidizing opposition research as the Democrat Party has hijacked the impeachment process, abusing its power using state attorneys general all over the country and local DAs to join in in their attack. Can you imagine? But there are a few other things I want to talk about tonight. Something greatly historic took place. And I'm going to call this as I see it. Donald Trump has not only been a great president of this country, I mean, every second that we lose in his presidency because of dealing with stuff like this, Russia collusion, Mueller investigation, Nadler investigation, now Adam Schiff, Ukraine investigation, it's all intended to burden him, handicap him, make him ineffective, which hurts the republic. But they don't care about the republic. They don't care about the country. It's party first. I've said this over and over and over again. When you look at the regimes, whether it's China or any of these other sort of communist or pseudo-communist or neo-communist regimes or communist wannabe regimes, it's party first because it's the party through which you control the government, the country, the people. You can't just say you're for the people, for the government. And... In our country, the Democrat Party and the federal government, for the most part, are one and the same thing. Except the good parts of the federal government, like the military and so forth. But you get my point. The mass of bureaucracy is overwhelmingly Democrat. And they are there to try and create more Democrats. They are there to redistribute your wealth to Democrats. They are there to open your borders to future Democrats. They are there to punish Republican constituent groups. So they attack business, right? Or they attack individualism. They attack the military, law enforcement, and on and on and on. So I look at Adam Schiff, who has as his purpose to destroy Donald Trump. To destroy him. Adam Schiff says he's pro-Israel. Adam Schiff says he's Jewish. I'm Jewish too. Duh, Mark. Okay, well. Over on the Senate side, the Democrat leader, Chuck Schumer. One of the most vile people you'll ever meet. I'm told, because he won't come on my shows either. Had nothing but praise for Barack Obama who took the gravest step towards the destruction of Israel of any president in the United States. 
but is nothing but the deepest contempt for President Trump. You know the record of President Trump when it comes to Israel, and in fact, when it comes to the Jewish community. It's unmatched by any president before him, Republican or Democrat. I'm sorry, it just is. And Franklin Roosevelt was an anti-Semite. This is difficult for people like Paul Krugman and Conrad Black to get their hands around, but that's their problem, not mine. Our president did something today, along with our Secretary of State, along with our ambassador to Israel, that is getting sort of hit-and-run attention. But it's another historical move. And if the House Intelligence Committee were actually functioning as an element of our foreign policy, and if our media were actually functioning as a media, you would know a hell of a lot more about it. So after the bottom of the hour, I... I will inform you. We'll be right back. This is the best of Mark Levin. Happy Thanksgiving. So I have a property in one state that I'm selling. And uh, it's time to sell it. So maybe the property, I'm trying to think, how old is this property? 12 years old, give or take. And we're not the first owners, we're the second owners. It's a beautiful place, if I say so myself. It's in pristine condition, outstanding location and all the rest. Everything that needed to be done to it in preparation for sale was done to it. So it just went on the market. So you know what, Mr. Producer, somebody comes through and my realtor sends me an email. And she says, listen to this. Do you happen to have the name of the wood flooring or thickness? The buyer that may be interested wants to make sure it could be resanded and restained. I'm the second owner. In other words, I didn't put the floor in. Moreover, I never cared when I bought it. So I wrote back, no. I didn't care when I bought it, and I don't care now. Who cares? The dumbest questions. You want to hear another one? There's a little spa that nobody ever used that's connected to this house, but the people build it, and so be it. The house was purchased because it was just terrific in the location and everything. How much do you pay a month utilities to run water in the spa. Now, I don't know, uh, Mr. Bidouza, when you get your utility bill, does it break it down by bathroom, by faucet, by hose, or anything like that? It, it doesn't? Mine neither. How the hell do I know how much it costs? I don't even use a damn thing. Oh, and the electric bill, how much of that goes toward it? Now, this house is for sale for over a million dollars. <laughs> Oh, my God. Am I losing my mind? Yeah, I think I am, actually. People are crazy. Not you, of course. I want to know with the floor and the... Well, get a damn... Make an offer, get a damn inspector, and let him figure out what the floor is. How do I know? I'm not going to spend three days tracking it down. I don't care. And they all think they have you over a barrel. I can sit with that house for the rest of my life. 
Maybe I will. I'm getting annoyed. All right, what am I doing? I get this stuff while I'm on the air, by the way. All right. I'm getting there. Remember, my printer doesn't work. No matter where I am, my printers don't work. (laughs) You know, it's enforced compliance season. If you owe the IRS, you need to take action because the IRS can garnish your paycheck, seize your bank account, and put a lien on your home. Don't wait until it's too late. Call Optima Tax Relief while you still have options. They've resolved over a billion dollars in tax debt for folks just like you. Optima steps between you and the IRS. It's a great relief, folks. And they fight on your behalf to help stop the demand letters and aggressive collection actions so you can go back to life. Your life. No one's more skilled at solving tough IRS problems than Optima Tax Relief. Call now and ask about the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. And if you qualify, you can save thousands. You deserve a fresh start. Call Optima now for your free consultation. 800 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit Optima Tax Relief. Now, Mr. Producer, should I give them a little bit of inside baseball? At the break, Mr. Producer usually can't be found. Usually, right, Rich, I would say? Something's got to be wrong with his bladder. I, I don't know. Either that he's running to the vending machine for his M&Ms. I don't know what's going on. I want to play the clip, Mr. Producer, where the Secretary of State's talking about settlements. Cut 13. Folks, I hope you listen to this. It's a big deal. Cut 13. Go. In 1978, the Carter administration categorically concluded that Israel's establishment of civilian settlements was inconsistent with international law. However, in 1981, President Reagan disagreed with that conclusion and stated that he didn't believe that the settlements were inherently illegal. Subsequent administrations recognized that unrestrained settlement activity could be an obstacle to peace. But they wisely and prudently recognized that dwelling on legal positions didn't advance peace. However, in December 2016, at the very end of the previous administration, Secretary Kerry changed decades of this careful bipartisan approach by publicly reaffirming the supposed illegality of settlements. After carefully studying all sides of the legal debate, this administration agrees with President Reagan. The establishment of Israeli civilian settlements in the West Bank is not, per se, inconsistent with international law. This is a huge deal. You know, the European Union has decided that any products that come out of Judea, Samaria, or East Eastern Jerusalem, East Jerusalem, need to be labeled as coming out of occupied territory. Occupied territory. This administration, it's not this administration. Let me let me let me tell you something. Do you think any of those three knuckleheads who testified last week would support the position the president has taken here? Or the position the Secretary of State has taken? Or the position the ambassador to Israel has taken? Of course not. These ideas don't come out of the bowels of a 33-year veteran who has served 43 presidents. And his grandfather was a GS-13 at the Department of Agriculture. 
This is coming from the top. It's coming from the Secretary of State. It's coming from the Ambassador to Israel. But most of all, it's coming from Trump. Using irregular channels, don't you know? This is his foreign policy. This is his executive branch. This is his statesmanship. This is his leadership. What John Kerry and Barack Obama did to this tiny country, surrounded by enemies, where in their housing code, you have to build a safe room that can withstand certain types of missiles, where the elementary schools and preschools, nursery schools, in these ancient Jewish lands, have to literally build bunkers deep underground. Barack Obama not only facilitates the delivery of $150 billion to the Islamo-Nazis in Tehran, and I'll get to them in a minute, with a little bit of icing, $1.9 billion in foreign currency, delivered in a plane without numbers in the middle of the night so nobody would know, and yet it still got out, and he's celebrated. No impeachment for him. Secret deal. Never any scandals. And John Kerry gave one of the most sickening anti-Semitic speeches in American history by any top official. And it went on and on and on as is his want. Trashing that country. This president, this secretary of state, this ambassador said, you know what? We got to fix this. And they looked carefully at international law. Their lawyers look carefully at international law. International law doesn't prevent the Jewish people from living in their ancient homelands. Now, they make the point that there are now some rules in the court cases in the state of Israel, depending on the areas and depending on the facts and so forth and so on. But it's a blanket matter. There's no prohibition to the Jewish people living in the Jewish lands. Sounds so simple, doesn't it? Sounds so simple. Reagan understood it, and Trump fixed it. There was a piece written, and I mentioned it to you, on Mediate, that is a left-wing kook, America-hating website that was founded by a guy with a toupee that he glues on his head with Gorilla Glue. And um, this guy, Caleb, I can't remember his last name, and it's irrelevant. He says, look how Levin changes his positions. He's against Trump, he's for Trump, this Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, to be consistent with your principles, To be consistent with your principles might mean being inconsistent with your politics. Now, what do I mean by that? I never thought Donald Trump would be so supportive of the state of Israel. There was no indication of that. And yet he'll be remembered for a thousand years in that country, maybe longer, as the great American president. He is revered and adored in that little country, and should be. And he should be revered and adored by Chuck Schumer and Adam Schiff, but they put party and country first. 
excuse me, but they put party and politics first, not country, and not even their faith. Like so many. The United States is, is really the only major country that is doing this. Recognizes Jerusalem as Israel's capital, which it is. Moves our embassy to Jerusalem. No other major country's done that. Recognizes the Golan Heights as Israel's sovereign territory. Because without that, Israel can't survive. Closes down the terrorist PLO office in Washington, D.C. Under the Taylor Act, signs legislation cutting off your tax dollars that pay pensions and subsidies to terrorists, you know, Palestinian terrorists. The more Jews you kill, the greater the pension and subsidies that your family gets. Still under the moderate Abbas, you know, Fatah. And he's done a lot more than that. Stands firm with the state of Israel and the United Nations. You know, at the highest levels of Israel, they have a saying now. That is the patriotic Israelis. You know, they are Israelis like we have Americans who are self-haters, who undermine their best governments, just like we have in this country with certain Americans. Every second lost with these investigations of Netanyahu and this crazy electoral system and so forth is a second the country loses. Because it has a historic opportunity to do even more. That applies here too. Every second our president has to spend fighting off the media, fighting off the Democrats, fighting off the never-Trumpers, is a second where tremendous progress that would benefit the country and the American people is lost forever. Forever. I am deeply hopeful this president wins re-election because he is what stands between us and tyranny. Forget about the propaganda, the websites, all the rest. He is what stands between us and tyranny. In our system, he's it. And he is fighting like hell for his own survival. He's fighting like hell for the next election. And this, Caleb, is why people like me fight like hell on his behalf. Because it's on the behalf of the country and our children and grandchildren. But what took place here will be little noted by the media, but long noted by the historians. You see, Donald Trump loves liberty. Donald Trump loves the rule of law. Donald Trump loves justice. You can see it in our own country, and you can see it by the way he deals with this little state of Israel. He sees it. He sees what's going on over there. Look, folks, he doesn't need the Jewish vote to become president of the United States. He'll get a percentage of it. Maybe it'll be 30%. Tops 35%. He's doing this because he believes it. Let me ask you this way. 
And I say this again as a, as a Jew and as an American. Tell me, is there a Democrat who's Jewish in the House of Representatives or the Senate who's done more for the state of Israel than Donald Trump? No, not even close. Is there a Democrat president who's gotten 75 or 70% of the Jewish vote in this country who's done more for the state of Israel than Donald Trump? Not even close. Is there a president who's been elected? Elected? With a daughter who's Jewish and grandchildren who are Jewish? Not to my mind. Perhaps it's possible. He's been stunning in his representation of our country. And he was stunning today like he's been in so many other instances when it applies to that little state of Israel. Because I believe this president really believes in the Judeo-Christian values. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy Thanksgiving. Mr. Producer, don't I have something to read? Ah, I'm reminding Mr. Producer, you see. When did you say it? Yes, I may have been on the phone. You know, if a tree falls in the woods, uh, anyway, here we go. Now, folks, is your home protected? Well, I protect my home, quite frankly, two ways. One, the Second Amendment, but the other simply safe. You're not always home, you know. In the middle of the night, you might not hear something. These bastards who try and break into your home, they're not first-timers. They know how to sort of look at the neighborhood, figure out who's got protection, and so forth and so on. If you've been thinking about your home security, there's no better time to get it than right now. This week, Simply Safe is offering you, my listeners, their best deal of the year. You'll get 25% off any new system plus a free HD security camera. I've never seen this before. You hear me sing the praises of Simply Safe Home Security on the show every week. You know I have it on my residence. It's the best home security, period. And with Simply Safe, you'll get everything you need to keep your home safe. Entry sensors. Motion sensors, a smart lock, video doorbells, security cameras. Plus, Simply Safe offers 24-7 professional monitoring with police dispatch. That's 3.5 times faster. Now, I know Simply Safe's founder, Chad, have for many years. They've been a sponsor for a long time. Simply Safe has helped an awful lot of people. And it's the home security we trust in my family. So if you've been waiting or if you're on the fence about getting a security system, now's the time to strike. Go to simplysafemark.com, get 25% off your system, plus a free security camera. This is the best deal you'll ever find on home security. Order now to get this exclusive offer, 25% off and a free security camera at simplysafemark.com, simplysafemark.com. We've got another powerful hour. Don't go anywhere. I'll see you in a few minutes. I'll be right back. 
from the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. This is Mark Levin wishing you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. Now back to the best of me. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Attorney General Barr gave a magnificent speech at the Federalist Society. Among other things, he talked about what's taking place in this country vis-a-vis the executive branch and the president. And he was attacked for talking to a radical group. And this is, this is the problem. Some has-been Democrat congressman, I think his name is Pascrell or something from New Jersey, who's in a safe district, been there forever, calls a group that is, believes in constitutionalism, that is made up of libertarians and conservatives for the most part, that's had many left-wing professors and judges speak and so forth. He dismisses them as radical. He dismisses what Barr says. And then they start talking about impeaching. You don't think that this is a, uh, a radical party that seeks to destroy our system. And a radical media that seeks to destroy our system. Then you're not thinking. I want you to listen to this. Cut 11. Go. Immediately after President Trump won election, opponents inaugurated what they called the resistance, and they rallied around an explicit strategy of using every tool and maneuver to sabotage the functioning of the executive branch and his administration. The fact of the matter is that in waging a scorched earth, no holds barred war of resistance against this administration, It is the left that is engaged in the systematic shredding of norms and undermining the rule of law. You know, he said a lot else, and unfortunately we don't have it here, but I want you to know something. This man didn't have to come back for a second round as attorney general. He'd been attorney general. He was outstanding under George W. Bush. He came up through the Reagan administration ranks as well. He went into private practice, he went into private business as a top executive of a major corporation. He could have retired and gone off in the sunset, or he could have retired and done what so many of these rhinos do, attack the President of the United States with little words here and there and refusal to support him here and there. Condoleezza Rice is the latest example. She may want to get her uh, Hoover Institute under control because they're losing that now. Not many conservative institutions left. But he came back. He wasn't necessarily a big Trump supporter. He didn't really speak out for Trump in the course of the campaign and so forth. He's a tremendous attorney general. The second time, too. First and second time. And what he's stating there is the truth. Matter of fact, it sounds like me. But he can think for himself. He's not a legal analyst on cable TV. 
He's a brilliant man. And his point is simple. This isn't the loyal opposition. These are saboteurs. They issue these outrageous subpoenas for officials they know they cannot get, for documents they know they have no right to. They issue subpoenas to private parties that have also arrangements in terms of finances, law, and so forth, and providing advice to the president, both in his personal life and his public life. And then they throw out there that he's obstructing Congress. The man tweets in his own defense while somebody, a witness, is up there trying to destroy him. Ivanovich, who in my view is a fraud through and through. I think I'm the only radio host that's even willing to talk that way. She's a fraud. She's a hack. She's a leftist. She did nothing to help Ukraine. Trump comes into office. He helped Ukraine. He got the money to Ukraine. She's running around in meetings. And so that's what they love, these bureaucrats, particularly at state. Oh, we're in a meeting. Oh, we're big stuff. I'm the ambassador. I'm the highest ranking official in this country. And Trump says, uh, you know what? You're going to get the hell out of here. Uh, I have other ideas. You're out. Oh, my God. You can't do that to a long serving. Like the Democrats care. For them, it's any leftist in a storm. Any leftist in a storm. But I want to salute this man. He's been, he's been unbelievable. Unbelievable. And speaking of Ivanovich, of course, the media come to her defense. Man, Mr. Pompeo, Mr. Pompeo, why aren't you defending the individuals in the State Department? Why aren't you defending them? I don't know. Why isn't she defending the president? How come she's not asked that question? It's the job of the Secretary of State to run the department and to implement the president's foreign policy, not to defend every misgreen and malcontent, and there are a lot of them over there at the State Department. That's not his job. Stupid question. And in that regard, cut 12, go. It, it is worth noting uh, that uh, Ambassador Yanovich's departure preceded the arrival of Bill Taylor. <laughs> so some, there's some ideas out there that somehow this change was designed to enable some nefarious purpose. So you should all just look at the simple fact uh, that it was, it was Bill Taylor that replaced Ambassador Yovanovitch, um, who in each case has been driving towards the appropriate Ukraine policy, which I'm happy to talk about. I'm proud of what this administration has done with respect to Ukraine. Uh, we reversed the massive failures of the Obama administration's policy towards Ukraine, which truly did risk the lives of Ukrainian people and allowed Vladimir Putin to take Crimea and to fight in the Donbass against a group of Ukrainians who wanted nothing more than defend their nation but were given just uh, just blankets and uh, non-lethal uh, equipment. I'm proud of what we've done. President Trump's policy has been consistent throughout. The State Department is fully supportive not only of what we've done, but our Ukraine policy moving forward. None of this matters on MSLSD or CNN or the rest of it. None of it. Now there's this BS Helter Stelter, Brian Stelter, has this really bizarre Sunday show. He's the Barnum and Bailey of whatever it is. Let's listen to some of him, because when you hear Brian Stelter, 
you're listening to a mentally unhinged leftist. By the way, Brian, you're getting fatter and fatter. What are you doing? How many donuts can, can a dwarf eat, Mr. Producer? Apparently a lot. Guy is as wide as he is tall. No offense. Uh, let's see. Cut nine. Go. There are facts over here, like transcripts. And then there are some elaborate fictions. One see, there, there's some facts over here. Like the transcripts. Um, how come all the transcripts weren't put out together? Well, that's a different issue. How come those secret hearings were secret? Well, uh, what are you, conspiracy nut? How come, and on and on and on, he doesn't care. He's not a journalist. In his wildest dreams, he never thought he'd get a show anywhere, including on CNN. Towson State, Maryland's, uh, excuse me, yeah, Maryland's, Brian Stelter, the guy they used to shove into the closet in gym class. The guy that used to waddle around the track, Mr. Producer. Now, I wasn't that good, but I was no Brian Stelter. The guy who couldn't reach the public water fountain. Now he's striking back. He's got all kinds of psycho issues going on, quite frankly. But let's start at the top. Cut nine, go. There are facts over here, like transcripts. And then there are some elaborate fictions. One narrative is grounded in witnesses, testimony under oath, transcripts, receipts, all of it. Oh, witnesses. But not all witnesses. What about witnesses that contradict your witnesses? Testimony under oath. Really? Well, why are questions cut off when the Republicans have questions they ask? Where's the whistleblower? That's one witness they don't want to hear from. And all that kind of stuff. So he puts up a picture of me and Hannity and others. Go ahead. Other narrative is propped up by conspiracy theories and grievances and a desperate desire to support President Trump 1,000% no matter what. Do I, do, I, do I support Trump 1,000% no matter what? Does this guy even listen to this show? I am a huge fan of this president. He's doing things I never thought he would do. He's doing things that George W. Bush never did. That Jeb Bush would never do. That George H.W. never did. He's doing things, he's, he's, he's more to the right than the House, excuse me, than the uh, Republicans in the Senate. But you can still disagree. I don't know, Brian. Do you agree with your wife? 1,000%? 1,000%. And, and you know what else? Brian, it's called 100%. This guy has his head so far up. So far up. Jeffrey Mother Zucker's butt. That when Jeffrey Mother Zucker blows his nose, he's blowing Brian Stelter's nose. Did you know that, Mr. Reducer? Oh, yeah. It's true. Go ahead. Witnesses have been debunked. Ah, shut up, you idiot. And by the way, they dragged out Dan Rather. I didn't even know he was still with us, quite frankly. Now, of course, Dan Rather humiliated himself and had to uh, leave in disgrace over there at CBS. But he's resuscitated, if you will, by BS, a.k.a. Brian Stelter. Dan, what's your view on all this? You know, we all respect you so much, Dan. It's very, very important. Cut 10, go. 
It's become increasingly uh, apparent that truth is closing in. Oh. Truth does matter. And there's been this feeling for a long time that, well, the White House with this alternate narrative. You see, this guy, see, Nixon never had a chance with a clown like this. And he went after George W. Bush and he exposed himself. He's a fraud. The boys at Powerline unravel this guy. And they hate the fact there aren't just these three big networks run by leftists. And they hate Fox. You can't have Fox News! Excuse me. I sat in the wrong way on my chair and I saw it like Brian Stelter, Mr. Producer. Can happen to us guys, you know. And uh, the funny thing is all of Fox News is not conservative. And they're proud of that. But all of CNN is nuts. It's a conga line of leftists. Left foot, left foot, right foot, left foot. Oh, Donnie Lemon, there's Don, Donnie's good. Left foot, right foot. Oh, Jake Tapper, that, oh, he just stepped on Fredo's foot. Hey, left foot, right foot. Like the Rockettes across the stages, I call them. Except it's hard to look at them. The Rockettes, not so hard. May I say, with all due respect, go ahead. False narrative, and with his allies in primetime on Fox, was at least... Folks, the allies, prime times on Fox, you got, you got to destroy these people. The allies, prime times on Fox, you, you got to blow them out because, you know, we all need to be singing from the same sheet. All we got to sing from the same sheet. And you'll notice those who agree with CNN or MSNBC on my favorite cable channel are always celebrated. They're celebrated on, on my buddy Matt's site. They're celebrated... By Brian Stouter, they're celebrated by the left. They love them. Doesn't matter what they say. Go ahead. Truth. Hmm. I think we've seen a little. Ah, shut up, you idiot! I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. the best of Mark Levin. Happy Thanksgiving. Ladies and gentlemen, we have some breaking news. And by breaking, I mean breaking. We have some breaking news. MSLSD, Chris Matthews, the ubiquitous Eric Swalwell. Well, he's actually about to break some news. Listen very, very carefully. Lower the music very much so that people can hear. Listen to every word. Go. Chris, so far, the evidence is uncontradicted that the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. Did that actually happen, Mr. Producer? Open your microphone. So, according to the Daily Caller, yes, it did. And the Daily Caller is a real news site. And Swalwell paused and then continued. Do we have that? Did he continue? Can we hear it again? Chris, so far, the evidence is uncontradicted that the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. Stop right there. That's the smartest thing this guy's ever said. Smartest thing this guy's ever said. Continue, please. 
I didn't mean to interrupt you. Do it again. Play it again. Chris, so far, the evidence is uncontradicted that the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. (laughs) Now, are we sure it was Swalwell, not Chris Matthews? Is that a fair enough question? I think that's a fair question. Let's listen again. Go ahead. Chris, so far, the evidence is uncontradicted that the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. Now, wait a minute. I think Swalwell stopped because he was shocked that it was Chris Matthews. Why do we assume it's Swalwell? I'm quite serious. Why are we assuming it's Swalwell? And not Chris Matthews. I'm not rooting for one or the other. It's humiliating. Don't get me wrong. And I think they ought to own up to it because it's the smartest thing either of them would have ever said or done. In my opinion. Can you play that again, please? Chris, so far, the evidence is uncontradicted that the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. (laughs) We're sure that's true? You're blaming the Daily Caller? Well then. Okay, that's fascinating. Uh, now we have Daily, we have uh, Nancy Pelosi, who basically does the same thing from the other end of her body. From the other end of her body. As you all know who listen to this program, uh, in the first hour, I told you Nightline contacted my editor with my publisher, Simon and Schuster, they wanted me as a guest. And I said, well, now, wait a minute. I have no interest in talking to you because we know how you play games. But now that you've contacted me, I would like to debate Nancy Pelosi on Nightline. She's the Speaker of the House. I'm the Speaker of my house. Of course, my wife is the President of our house. But you get the point. You get the point. Whoever she spoke to... In this interview we're going to play after the bottom of the hour, it doesn't have an audience as big as I have. Radio, TV, books, all the rest of it. They call me Denali. Would you tell uh, Nightline they call me Denali, Mr. Producer? Would you please? we got to come up with a name for Swalwell. How about breaking news Swalwell? I'll be right back. Listening to the best of the Mark Levin show. Happy Thanksgiving. Right versus left is right versus wrong. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. Chris, so far the evidence is uncontradicted that the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. <coughs> Let's look at the headlines on our favorite aggregator website, shall we, Mr. Producer? Pressure builds on Trump to testify. Is there pressure building on Trump to testify, Mr. Producer? It was a stunt. Must be. It's a stunt. Inside trader, Nancy Pelosi, remember that? 60 minutes looked like she was having a heart attack. Um, Trump can't testify. It's a separation of powers thing. When's the last time a president testified? Never. About anything of this sort. 
Next one. Ready, ladies and gentlemen? Chief Justice orders delay and fight for financials. He's trying to see if there's four justices who want to take up the case. He is the justice that oversees the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. There's no headline there, but let's continue. Weekend hospital visit gets skeptical reception. Trump went to the hospital to get the, he says, to get these issues away and so But they're skeptical. That's a headline. Health under scrutiny again. Who Nancy Pelosi said, no, 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 no. Trump's. I didn't know it was under scrutiny before. Next one. Fox News host bites back for attack on Chris Wallace. Circle the wagons. I don't know why Neil never defends me when I'm under attack. Neil, I'm under attack all the time. Media matters and mediaite, sometimes by Democrats. You don't defend me. I don't understand. Part of the family. Radio station disputes host story of fire. Now, this guy was fired a couple days ago. It's been a headline on this website for two days, off and on. Radio hosts get fired all the time for all kinds of weird. Why is that a headline? Then let's go down. Pressure builds on Trump. The te- wait, wait, I already did that one. Hold on, there's more. Got to get through all the drivel. Hold on, there's more. In Trump-Nixon comparison, Pelosi raises specter of resignation. Pelosi raises specter of... There's a headline in there somewhere, don't you think, Mr. Producer? Tillerson says action's wrong if proven. Well, Tillerson said so it must be true. Paul, president's approval 43% in Texas. Well, he is under constant attack, isn't he? But these polls this early are of absolutely no consequence. Ronald Reagan was losing to uh, Jimmy Carter by double digits. So what? No, 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 it's a headline. It's a headline. What else is headlined here? I'm just curious. I haven't looked for a long time. Beijing begins Hong Kong roundup surrender is only option. Now, that's a worthy headline. It's too bad the media are doing a hit and run on that. That's real news. Next headline. Ready, Mr. Reduce? Genetically engineered babies within two years as scientists make breakthrough. I thought I read that at a supermarket somewhere. Trump discussed negative rates and unscheduled meeting with the Fed chair. Okay. Uh, let's go. Hunter gets death threats for pictures with dead animals despite using meat to feed family. Why don't I cover this stuff, Mr. Producer? Struggling Brady, frustrated following Patriots win. Dreaming of Los Angeles. Kane takes Osteen to church, announces first ever opera. What is it? Kanye? Yeah, Kanye. What did I say? (laughs) I call him Kane all the time. All right. Ancient Rome's lesson as impeachment inquiry progresses. I have no idea what that means, and I don't even care. How Soledad O'Brien... She's still with us? Soledad O'Brien. I didn't even know she was around. Became mainstream media's most outspoken critic. I thought I was their most outspoken. Well, well, maybe another time. 103-year-old still hits Jim regularly, Mr. Producer. 
I'm 62. I stay as far away from the gym as I possibly can. Anyway, absolutely fascinating. Do you know there wasn't a single positive headline about the president there that I could find? Not one. Now, they're out there. I know they're out there, but there wasn't one. Why? That's rhetorical. Let's take a phone call, Mr. Producer. Who do you have? Any irregular Americans using a regular channel or regular Americans using an irregular channel? 8.70 a.m., the great KRLA, where we are live and national. Matt, go. Hi. uh, So to me, the whole impeachment fiasco suggests to me that the founders made a mistake in setting up a presidential system rather than a parliamentary one. Uh, Because under a parliamentary system... If the prime minister's party loses the legislative elections, they're out. So Clinton would have been out in 94. Trump would have been out in 2018. Um, and you know, that, cu- that cuts both ways, doesn't it? Reagan could have been out early. Uh, I'm not into parliamentary government. The swings are way too aggressive. The reason why our constitutional system has been perverted is by people who want a parliamentary system of one sort or another. The parliamentary systems lend themselves to tyranny. Constitutional systems don't. The problem we've had here is in my first book, Men in Black, we have a court that buckled. So I disagree with you. Well, I don't think Canada or, or Britain is a tyranny exactly, but I mean... Maybe I don't know, sir. Uh, if you can't pick your own doctor, maybe that's not tyrannical to you. There's a lot of things you can't do in these countries. I mean, they're not throwing people in gulags, but they're making it difficult for people to survive if they're 80 years old with cancer. They're making it difficult for people to choose the schools they want. They're making it difficult to earn a living. There's all kinds of... Tell me, have you lived in either of these countries? Well, I'm from Los Angeles, so I think we probably disagree on a lot. But... What? Maybe... You're from Los Angeles, so you think we disagree a lot. Well, let's take our time on this. What do you do? Uh, I'm a teacher. Oh, so you're on the public payroll. Yes. But pay I... attention. Pay attention. I'm educating you for once. You get a pension? Uh, yeah. You get a pension no matter what condition the public schools are in in Los Angeles. Isn't that correct? Yes. So if they have no money, you still get a pension? Uh, yeah, I think they're legally required. The rest of it, yeah. pay attention, I'm educating you. No, they're not legally. You have a contract, so I guess it's legally binding on the civil side. So, And you get medical care, even, under, uh, even with Obamacare, you're protected, aren't you? Uh, yes. Yes, you are. So the rest of the nation suffers with Obamacare. The vast majority of people in the private sector do not have a defined pension. You're being subsidized by, you chose what you wanted to choose, and then you dare to call me and say, I favor a parliamentary system. Why? You're not getting enough? In this respect, maybe, maybe you'll agree that a parliamentary superior, uh, system is superior in this one respect at least. That the opposition does not feel the need to come up with quasi- or pseudo-legalistic excuses to get the executive out of office. They just vote no confidence in him or her. Tell me, how many presidents have been removed by the Senate? Uh, Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson was not removed by the Senate. He wasn't. None. What do you teach, by the way? Uh, History. You teach history. So Andrew Johnson was not removed... Nixon wasn't removed, he resigned. Clinton wasn't removed, and Trump won't be removed. 
You're saying under a parliamentary oh, yeah. system, pay attention, I'm educating you. So under a parliamentary system, you say, why do we do all this back and forth? There, they vote them out and they're out. You know what we rely on here? Rather than party, party votes them out and they're out. The people, we get the vote. Now, we get the vote in 11 months. And these jackasses in the Democrat Party, they think we're stupid. They think we're all like you. No disrespect to you, but here you are playing their game. Don't you think, though, because I agree with you. I think that what the Democrats are doing is ridiculous. I think they're coming up with ridiculous reasons to get Trump out and of office. why are office. you calling? I'm totally confounded. Don't, don't you agree that it would be at least more honest if the Democrats would just say, we don't like him, we're voting no confidence in him, rather than coming up with this reason? Here's the deal. It's not the Democrats I'm worried about. We all know they're radical. They all know they're regressive. We all know they want to take us back to a feudal system controlled by them and the government. They hate capitalism, the freest economic system on the face of the earth where somebody who's poor can be rich, somebody who's rich can be poor. They don't know how the water is processed and gets into their toilet so they can take a crap. They don't know when they turn to hit a switch how electricity gets into their home. They don't know how to do bypass surgery. They don't know how to look under a hood and fix an engine. They don't know crapola, but they know that they can manage everything and run everybody and that they should be running oil companies and, and health care companies and all the rest. My problem is not even with them. We know what they are. It's with the media. The media. Chuck Todd says Trump's like a dictator. Now, this is all over the site that was founded by Dan Abrams whose sister was appointed to a federal judgeship by Obama, whose brother-in-law was on the Mueller team. This is a guy, this is a guy who, who launches this site for the purpose of attacking the president and conservatives and Republicans while he pretends he's a legal analyst, analyst over there at ABC. Get my point? Yeah, I, I, I do. Our problem is with a, sir, let me say this to you. You hit the wrong buttons with me. I'm going to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. Will you read it? Uh, I will. You say you're eventually. a history I got, teacher. I got a, I got a few books on my reading list, but I'll get around to it eventually. You have a few books? Well, then I'm not sending it to you. Thank you for your call. I got a few books on my reading list. Well, then read them, damn it. Why are they on your list? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mark Levin wishing you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. Now back to the best of me. Are you telling me this show's almost over? Is that what you said, Mr. Producer? I'm having way too much fun, you know. Eric Swalwell. I always said the guy talks out of his ass. I always did. Chris, now, so far, yeah. the evidence is uncontradicted that the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. <laughs> You know what? Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. And I'm still saying that, ladies and gentlemen, we have a controversy here. Was that Chris Matthews or Eric Swalwell? And I want them to fess up. Which one was it? Which one was it? Matthews or Swalwell? Or Nancy Pelosi. You know, I, I thought there for a minute it was Nancy Pelosi. She always sounds like that to me, Mr. Producer. All right, let's continue. 
Here we go. There are four purposes of education at Hillsdale College. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. For 175 years, Hillsdale's been committed to these four pillars of its mission. Other colleges started off with good intentions. Many of them have lost their way. In fact, most of them. Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've known Hillsdale President Dr. Larry Arn for many decades. This guy is tops in every respect. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it's fragile, constantly under threat. So its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he's the first authority. You know, Hillsdale has a rigorous true liberal arts curriculum, and all students learn the basics of the U.S. Constitution, whether they major in biology, business, economics, or any of the dozens of other areas of study. All students learn what it means to be good citizens and why it's necessary to fight for freedom. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Learn more. Please go to levinforhillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Mr. Producer, I'm having difficulty not laughing hilariously through these as I speak. With Mr. Swalwell. Because how many times have I said he and the others look constipated? They really do to me. I think they are. May I say with all due respect. Why do 97% of customers surveyed say they sleep better on bowl and branch sheets? Is it the 100% organic cotton? Is it they get softer and softer over time? You just have to feel for yourself why bowl and branch sheets are the most comfortable sheets in the world. They're loved by hundreds of thousands of Americans, including three U.S. presidents. These are $1,000 sheets for just a couple hundred bucks, starting at $160. For a limited time, you can get their luxury flannel bedding, perfect for cool weather. They keep cool sleepers warm, and they breathe so warm, sleepers stay cool. Bowl and branch flannel sheets come in 16 stunning patterns and colors. You're guaranteed to find a style you love. You get one 30 nights to try them out. Try them out. 30 nights. Shipping is always... Is there another sheet company? Not another. Shipping is always free. And right now, you'll get $50 off your first set of sheets at bowlandbranch.com with promo code MARK. It's spelled B-O-L-L and branch.com, promo code MARK. Look, this is a great deal. That's bowlandbranch.com, promo code MARK. Do we have a caller lined up, Mr. Producer? To whom shall I speak? Brent 870, the great KRLA, Los Angeles, California. Go right ahead, sir. Well, Mark, as a Jewish-American patriot, I want to join you in thanking and blessing our righteous and courageous President Trump in acknowledging the biblical and legal right of the Jews to the land of Judea that God Mm -hmm. gave to us 3,000 years ago and from which we take our name. And the president is now not only the primary planetary protector of the Jewish people, he's also the primary protector of the Christian world as well, and everyone who believes in God. You know, uh, look look how disgusting the left really is. They try to take down this president. They try to take down Bibi Netanyahu and replace them with what? A guy by the name of Gantz who's playing footsie with Arab parties that hate their own country? 
a, 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 a guy by the name of Joe Biden, who's a moron in every respect and has proven it for four decades, going on five. And then what, Elizabeth Warren? Hey, you know what? What? Wealth tax, open borders, close it. She's an idiot. One idiot after, and now we have Buttigieg. Hey, he's leading in Iowa. Who cares? Anybody ever lead in Iowa, actually? Well, well, I guess Obama did. But it's not as Iowa goes, so goes the nation, for God's sakes. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, as I'm thinking, with President Trump standing solidly behind Israel, conversely, I'm convinced that the Democratic Party simply desires the death of Jews. All right, thanks for your call. This is set up. In my opinion, they support the death of Jews. Don't you think that's taking it just a touch too far? <laughs> Let's have another caller, Mr. Producer, shall we? Yes. Barbara, serious. Are you serious, Barbara? In Pennsylvania, Hi. how are you? Yes. Hi, Mr. Levin. Yes. I'm so excited to talk with you. Thank you. Where in Pennsylvania are you? Washington, Pennsylvania. I actually know where that is. Do you? Yes, I'm a child of Pennsylvania. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I'm in awe of you. I'm in awe oh, of you. thank you. I'm, I've been sitting in my car. Sound like my wife. She says to... every day she's in awe of me. I know. I believe it. Yes. And I know she's the president, and you're the chairman of the board. No, no, no. She's the president, and I'm the speaker. Oh, that's right. The speaker. Yes. Sorry. Oh, but I, I, hey, what I do you just, think of this guy Swalwell? It's kind of weird, isn't he? Isn't he? They're all weird. Yes, I'd said I actually made more sense than ever before in that one act, ma'am. I'm sorry, I got to go. Please call us tomorrow. I do want to talk to you. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. See you tomorrow, America. Be safe. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.